1: This is the Heel Tough Blog
0: Podcast.
1: Hey guys, and welcome to the latest edition of the Heel Tough blog podcast. Anthony Pagnotta here with you as always, and it is time for another recruiting edition of the podcast, so that means that Zach Hubbard is alongside of me. And Zach, uh, the first time that we've had some significant news on the 2022 recruiting trail in a couple of weeks, so uh, how have you been hanging in there over these last couple of weeks since we last talked to you, man?
0: Yeah, I've been doing well Obviously, like most other Tar Heel fans I've been sort of looking out for the little bits of news and information That we're able to get sort of still within the recruiting dead period So glad that we have some, you know, some information here A a, uh, commitment here within the past few days that we can discuss And uh, just a lot of different things with this 2020 class Or 2022, I should say um, That we can, um, you know, look over and discuss
1: yeah, and of course, the big storyline that we'll jump into first here on the opening drive is that uh, we will uh, look back at the commitment of Malachi Hamrick, the Tar Heels landing one of the bed, better pass rushers in the state over the last couple of years. in Hamrick committed to the Tar Heels over Ohio State and others that were inside of his Final Five that he released earlier this offseason on Friday, and uh, the Tar Heels are getting getting a heck of a player. The number 150 overall player in the 2022 class, the number 12 outside linebacker uh, in the class, and of course, the number five player in the state of North Carolina in the 2022 cycle. Last year, as a... or. Yeah, last year, the last year that he had played prior to, of course, his first game the other night on Friday. Uh, in 2019, as a sophomore, he had 129 total tackles, 39 tackles for loss, and 19 sacks. This guy is an extremely productive um, edge rusher that had a ton of success for Shelby High School in Shelby, North Carolina, one of the powers in the state. Uh, as a sophomore, was part of a young group of defenders that is only going to continue to grow uh, when it comes to Shelby and and be able to produce some other really talented guys including another big time target in the state uh, for the Tar in 2022 four star defensive tackle prospect Santana Hopper. Um, We don't know if this will help them with Hopper seems like it probably will. It also helps that of course Hopper has ties to the university through uh, a couple of cousins including one guy uh, that is still playing there right now Tyrone Hopper. So uh, you know when you uh, look at this commitment for Malachi Hamrick, though, you know, what did you, uh, you know, when you look at him on film, what do you like about uh, this young man, this, uh, you know, productive pass rusher, but a guy that uh, maybe doesn't fit the body style that most people would look at when it comes to uh, the the, the production that he's had so far in his high school career?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And if um, listeners remember back to the episode where we sort of discussed our top 10, one thing that I think that we both kind of focused in on with Hamrick, who was on both of our lists, uh, was his length. Uh, when you discuss prospects like Hamrick um, and you know generally these elite athletes, one of the things that um, people that evaluate talent like to say is there's certain things that you can't teach, you can't teach, uh, you can't teach speed, you can't teach height. Well, for Hamrick, specifically, it's that you can't teach his length. Incredibly long, lean frame, incredible arms, which leads to somewhat of a um, a lighter and smaller frame, but that does allow him to be quicker, sort of, you know, go through the progression of his pass rushing moves a little bit quicker than your average edge rusher. And like I mentioned, just the length of his arms allows him to have that advantage over... You know, probably what are going to be some some smaller offensive linemen that he might see at the college level, but really allows him to thrive and dominate and get to the passer quickly, uh, which is just one of those things that makes him, you know, has him rated in the top 150 in this 2022 class.
1: Yeah, I, I think you're you're spot on with that um, his length is, is definitely one of the more impressive parts of his physical build uh, and you know we saw that a couple years ago when we were looking at Desmond Evans and you could see it already uh, somewhat early on this year uh, it allows you know him to uh, be able to reach quarterbacks that some of the other guys wouldn't be able to when they're uh, making moves on the outside to try to get to uh, the quarterback but the main thing that it does is that it allows you to help in the run game it allows you to seal off the edge a little bit bigger uh, or a little bit easier because you cover a bigger amount of space um, so that's the thing that I think is interesting when it comes to him I think you know when you look at those numbers it kind of shows that he is more of a straight downhill pass rusher um, which you know is something that I think is is really due to the fact that the level that he plays at I um, look you know Shelby they, they have some teams in their conference that are legitimate state title contenders every year um, but still the, the talent and skill there is a step above just about everybody else in their classification. So, um, you know, w- what I'm trying to say is that a guy of his size will probably not be able to only play that role at the next level. So, that's the one area when you talk about him that I think you're going to have to see, you know, a little bit of a change when he gets on campus. Is can he add some weight and can, can some of those attributes that he has right now, like the good speed off the ball, a really quick release off the line of scrimmage? I think that's the thing uh, that really helps him get a good advantage when it comes to rushing against some of these more experienced and, and athletic offensive tackles that he does face um, and will face when he gets to the college level is his quick release. Will that stuff remain when he puts on the weight that he is inevitably going to have to put on to be able? Able to play the position. Um, one thing that I noticed, uh, though, about you know w- when it comes to him putting on weight, you know y- you you would think a guy that's as small as he is, he's probably just gonna win just about every pass rushing battle off the edge, based on you know his speed and you know, good release off the line of scrimmage. While well, that stuff definitely helps. He has shown on his film that he can play with the physical edge. He's not a guy that is afraid of contact. Uh, he he has had moments where he is able uh, to sort of push around some of the uh, smaller offensive tackles now of course as we met you know as I said a minute ago when he gets to the ACC it's going to be a little bit different but you know I think that you know that's an area where some people might be a little bit concerned about whether or not he has the physical edge because he hasn't had to use that much did you sort of witness the same thing that I did when you looked at his film that there is a little bit of physicality to his game it's just not used as often because because of how thin he is and how many uh, battles he is able to win with the speed off the edge?
0: Yeah, I definitely think that he's physical. Like I mentioned, I mean, this is an elite athlete regardless of size. I mean, the size is going to play a role and it will certainly play a role in the uh, at the college level. And like you mentioned, we'll have to gain weight the same as any other um, incoming freshman would. Um, but definitely still a physical player. I think just more often than not, that physicality um, doesn't get as much of um, shine, maybe, as his pass rushing skills, just because he's probably not asked to do that as much as he's asked to do what he's more designed to do, which is rush to passer. So I, I certainly think that he has it. Um, it just might not be his primary skill set. Um, and you do see that with. Um, Guys at his position projected to be a rush in outside linebacker guy. Um, I mean, you have all sorts of different body types and skill sets with that um, that you're using and rotating. Um, as we've seen, you know, this is a position that the staff wants to continue to add bodies and to add depth at. But you look at the guys that they have currently, guys like Taman Fox. Um, sort of allowed, has played defensive end, so obviously we know that he can set the edge, but a guy that you mentioned like Desmond Evans really built more along the lines of Hamrick where his primary strength is rushing the passer. So, you know, I do think he's physical, like you mentioned, um, but it, it's really just a, a slight difference in play style between these um, edge rushing types, and I don't think it's any sort of slight uh, for him not being, you know, your traditional uh, defensive end um, edge setter.
1: Well, I, I like the, the fact, you know, when you, like you said, you know, we look at these guys as probably being downhill rushers. But I do think that the, the staff is going to try to, um, you know, focus on, on getting guys like Des Evans and, in this case, Malachi Hamrick, some of the other guys that may eventually come in in, you know, this class coming up. Maybe they bring in another outside linebacker or future classes down the line to get some of those Ed rushers. And they're going to want guys that can help seal the edge when it comes to. To you know, trying to take away some of these jet sweeps, trying to take away a lot of these runs to these C and D gaps that really hurt Carolina at times last year. That was one of the big things as the year went along. And some of their you know th- these guys were out there for you know just enormous amount of reps. I mean, you will go back and look, you know, really your, your defensive linemen were the guys that we were talking about a lot. You know, with Tamari Fox uh, and and uh, Raymond Vowasik playing a lot of snaps. Of course, Vowasik missing. A game in there, so those snap totals were a little bit lower. But when you look at the outside linebackers, before we saw a little bit of the emergence of Des Evans and, and Chris Collins towards the end of the season, uh, Tamon Fox and Tyrone Hopper were playing pretty much every snap out there. And as they got worn down, you started to see their struggles to be able to contain the edges, and that was you know, a problem in some of the games that we saw, primarily in some of the losses. Florida State, that was a really tough loss um, that that we remember back to, and that was primarily because Carolina was unable to take away the edges. Same thing in that game against Virginia, and that's another thing that I think they're going to be working on with a lot of these guys that are coming in. One of the other big problems in that game, in both of those games, actually was the fact that Carolina could not contain running quarterbacks? So they, you know, look. You want guys that are going to be straight downhill pass rushers, but you also want to have, you know, those guys understand that in certain games when you're playing against mobile quarterbacks, sometimes that straight downhill mindset isn't always going to work in your favor because you're opening up holes that allow quarterbacks to take off. So that's where when we talk about that length, when we talk about you know the 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 good speed and and the different skill set uh, that they possess than guys like Tamon Fox and Tyrone Hopper. That's where it's going to come into effect there. And I think Hamrick really fits that well. Again, you know, I think everybody's going to be talking about his size because he comes in, he's very thin. I mean, if you turn on your film, you would think that you're watching uh, maybe even a safety that's playing outside linebacker. He is pretty thin. But I think that there is enough talent there that it's not just going to disappear if he puts on the weight. And I think the other thing that people have to realize is that those edge rushers, you're not going to see those guys be as big as guys like Taman Fox are. Um, they'll, they'll probably look a little bit more like what we saw from Des Evans this year, what we saw Chris Collins at this year, probably in that 245-250 range as opposed to some of these bigger guys. Taman Fox is just a guy that's a really, really good pass rusher, and they got to find a way to put him on the field. They felt that he's going to be more effective on the edge because of you know, his his nose for the quarterback, and I think it's the right move, but these guys are, are starting to mold to what Jay Bateman wants in his outside pass rusher, so really excited about what Malachi Hamrick brings to the table, and one of the big things about Hamrick is that he is the Tar Heels' first commitment in the state of North Carolina, and that's where we're going to start here in our true, uh, uh, true/false segment here tonight, there was an article that was written. Um A couple of days ago I believe I think it was either on Tuesday or Wednesday I didn't see it until last night but it was written by Brad Shepard who does a fantastic job over at 24-7 sports uh, covering you know the southeast area and also covers the South Carolina Gamecocks in depth he uh, was talking about the states with the most talent in this 2022 class brought up the state of North Carolina had him at number nine on his list Uh, um, and, you know, rightfully so. This is another talented class in the state. Not as talented as a year ago, but pretty close. It's it's one that, you know, I was talking about it when we first, uh, you know, we're talking about this class. And I said that the state of Virginia was going to be a huge focus because it wasn't going to be a great year in North Carolina. I think I was underestimating just how good this class is going to be. But, one thing that Brad Shepard did mention in the article is that he 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 said something that I want to you know put in here, which is that Carolina is off to a slow start in the state of North Carolina. So my statement to you, Zach, and just again we've played this before, either true or false, and then you know you'll you'll explain, of course. We should be concerned about the fact that the Tar Heels are off to a little bit of a slower start in the state of North Carolina than they were a year ago.
0: I would say that that statement is false, um, primarily for the reason um, of the dead period that we've had since um, almost a year ago. It seems like I believe it was last March that they sort of enacted that dead period. Um, These kids, for the most part, have not been able to take in-person visits to campus, Um, that so many of the 2021 kids actually were able to before that dead period went into effect. So a lot of these 2022 prospects are, you know, you're seeing commitments here and there, but specifically within the state of North Carolina, I mean, we've not seen a lot of these top guys really go ahead and commit, looking over, um, you know who's currently within the even the top thousand rated kids um, per the two four seven composite. There's only two uh, that have committed so far. Uh, one that's committed to North Carolina and Malachi Hamrick, and another uh, committed prospect that North Carolina will still recruit in um, four star tight end Benji Gosnell. So, I mean, the state of North Carolina as a whole has not seen many commitments, and I, I don't think that that um, is you know. A slow start for North Carolina. I don't think it's a slow start for anyone, um, just because that's going to be the name of the game for the most part in 2022 recruiting until these guys are able to get on campus, um, take visits, not only for the prospects to see these campuses, but for the schools and for the coaching staffs to see these kids in person. I mean, the coaching staff. Um, at North Carolina wants to see some of these kids before they go ahead and accept a commitment so I would say false I don't think that North Carolina has had a slow start so far in 2022 but I'd love to hear what you think
1: I don't think that the Tar Heels have had a slow start in the class. I think that the state of North Carolina as a whole has definitely had a slower start in terms of the amount of commitments that you're seeing early on. I feel like a lot of guys last year had a really good connection with their schools off the bat. And I think you brought up a a, a really great point and something that is definitely true. The fact that these guys are not allowed to go on campus unless they take self-guided tours which just we haven't seen a lot of them, you know. People are still being a little bit cautious, and I think part of the part of it is that it's just not the same experience. You want to be able to have, you know, a coach walk you around campus, show you different spots that you probably won't come across if you're just going through by yourself or even being guided by a commit that has only been there a couple of times. So um, I'm not too concerned about it. I think yeah, if you were seeing a lot of those guys that were towards the Top of the state uh, in terms of the rankings, committing already, and you were missing on a lot of those guys. You'd be concerned. I know that the article did mention that, of course, there is some concern with Jalen Walker, who is going to commit at the end of March, which we'll talk about here in just a second. Um, and you know, there the article seems a little bit concerned for the Tar Heels and the fact that uh, they do believe that right now, Travis Shaw is favoring Clemson over the Tar Heels, which is not an unpopular opinion, but I think at the same time, um, you know, Shaw's kind of de- denounced some of those rumors. Um, I think he still feels like he's still in the early processes, processes of, of his commitment. Um, I think that there's still a ways to go for him. He really mainly just wants to get back on some of these campuses a few more times before he makes his decision. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm going to say false. I'm not really that concerned yet, but this will be something that I think as the as the cycle goes along, it will be interesting to come back and visit, especially if the Tar Heels do miss on Jalen Walker, if the Tar Heels were to potentially miss on Travis Shaw, then there might be a little bit of concern here, but it could also go in the other direction where if the Tar Heels were able to land Travis Shaw, uh, if they were able to potentially pull off Jalen Walker, something like that, then y- there's definitely you know, more talking about whether you know or not anybody can really challenge Carolina in the state is this you know the the new Thing that's going to happen in the state of North Carolina, where all of the top guys are going to go there, not just you know some of these guys that are inside of you know the top 300, but not quite top 100 prospects. Has Carolina finally been able to take over um, Clemson's dominance in the state? Those are the types of things that we'll be talking about. So it'll be interesting to monitor. Talk, you know, speaking of Jalen Walker, he did announce earlier this week that he is going to make his commitment uh, on. March 28th, uh, which is a Friday before one of his high school football games, I believe. It could be afterwards. Not sure how they're going to do a lot of that stuff this year, Um, but we'll we'll just have to wait and see on that. Um, But Carolina, one of the final six for him. Of course, he announced that back in November. A really, really stacked group that Carolina is going up against here. Clemson's the team that everybody has been looking at as the favorite for a while now. Uh, Ohio State has sort of creeped in there as, as well. Uh, they've made a push for him, but they haven't made as big of a push as Georgia has, another team that he has a really good connection with that is built over this time and then of course Carolina is in there as well there are a couple other schools I know Alabama is on that list and I believe maybe South Carolina is the other team that's on that list I don't have that uh, graphic pulled up in front of me as of right now but uh, the statement that I want you to react to is that the Tar Heels are still a competitor for Jalen Walker's commitment
0: I would say that, that one is tough I would say very slightly true I do think that the Tar Heels are still a competitor because, I, in my opinion, they are going to continue to recruit him up until the point that he commits, and likely um, along with other top prospects that we've seen commit elsewhere in the prospect and in, in elsewhere in the country. Excuse me, in previous years, um, a guy that they'll likely continue to recruit. Um, So I still think they're definitely a contender, and I still think that Jalen is listening to those advances. Like you mentioned, is planning to take a quote-unquote quarantine visit, a self-guided tour of Clemson, um, I believe either this weekend or next, if I'm not mistaken, Um, you know, Leading up to the weeks before his commitment, obviously, we've seen the Crystal Ball uh, with 247 and um, the future Castle rivals sort of swing towards Clemson. And, you know, as we've discussed numerous times, um, Clemson being sort of one of those top teams within the nation year after year, um, being a continual playoff contender, um, it's not exactly surprising that they're going to be contending for top guys sort of within their geographic area. Specifically, in this instance, in North Carolina. So, you know, it's one of the major sticking points for North Carolina in recruiting to win sort of these battles. Uh, At this point, I I can't confidently say that North Carolina will. North Carolina probably would not be my projection as of today. As sort of reading the tea leaves, it does look like that Jalen is leaning towards Clemson heading into his announcement. But like I said, I would still say that the Tar Heels are going to be a contender, and you know, maybe they make sort of a You know, uh, a last second sprint to the finish line here and pull out the lead. Not my projection per se, but I do still think they're a contender.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, everything is kind of in fluctuation with where we're at. In terms of not being able to get on campus with coaches, not even really being able to be in contact with coaches during this dead period. So I think that with these decisions, you have to slow play where you're at with your own predictions, Uh, even some of these crystal ball predictors. You know, we've seen a lot of guys that have cast, um, you know, some crystal balls the month of and. Couple days before the announcement, they end up changing because things can change just that quickly with these guys. Um, by the way, Auburn uh, instead of South Carolina was the other team that was in there, but doesn't seem like they're a real big competitor. Uh, yeah, it feels like it's coming down to Clemson, uh, Georgia, and uh, Carolina in this one. Um, I'm gonna go. I- I'm gonna go with you here. I'm gonna say true. If this was if we were doing this podcast in a few days, um, because I believe it's, uh, either it's going to be either sometime over the weekend or early next week. Uh, he and Travis Shaw are actually, uh, according to some rumors are going to be taking uh, a visit down to Clemson together where they're going to self guide themselves around campus. It, if you told me that, then yeah, I would probably say that, uh, that, 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 it would be false. I'd probably switch my answer if that visit ends up going well. Um, But there is no guarantee. I know that uh, in one of the more recent uh, articles that I read about uh, Jalen Walker, they did say that he is going to attempt to try to take a visit to Carolina before he makes his decision. Now, it's, you know, probably a little bit easier than uh, even Clemson or Georgia. Um, So, I would expect that uh, as if there is still some doubt in his mind after that visit to Clemson. He will definitely take a visit to Carolina. I think even if he does have a great visit to Clemson, he may even still take a look at Carolina. But um, yeah, I'm going to go with true. But I think you're you're right. I think right now there there is definitely a pretty strong feeling that he is heading to Clemson as of right now. And the Toriels are going to need a, a little bit of a miracle here to be able to pull this one out. But uh, look, Mac Brown has has done a lot in this state over the last couple of years, so you can never really count him out. In in any of these recruitments um, so let's go to uh, another one here another big time target for the Tar Heels in the 2022 class he released his top 14 the other day but if you read the weekly storylines article a couple of weeks ago or if you read the rivals.com article that we were talking about in that uh, in our weekly storylines um, they did say in one of their recent rumor mill pieces that Jake Pope the uh, three star safety out of the state of Georgia is strongly considering the Tar Heels. Tar Heels made, of course, his top 14, but they did say that there are five schools that are standing out for Pope at this point, and the Tar Heels are one of those teams. So, Zach, the Tar Heels are a serious contender for Jake Pope. Do you think that's a true or false statement?
0: I think that's very much true uh, for several reasons. Um, Sort of the doubt around him, and obviously Jake is a guy that was an early target, uh, but sort of the doubt came from sort of a flurry of offers that he's gotten within the past months, mainly um, Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State are three really big ones um, that he's gotten recently. Um, Also, you know, to mention there, For one of those three, Alabama did actually take a self-guided tour there back in February. So obviously does have interest in programs um, that are heavy recruiting hitters and would be serious challengers for North Carolina. Uh, With that, though, at least at this time, based on all the information that I've been able to gather, it does not appear that really any of those schools that have offered him are heavily pushing him or are recruiting him as hard as the Tar Heels are Um, likely all three of those schools as well as these other sort of you know national powers that I mentioned probably looking to get him in some sort of camp scenario and see him there while you know North Carolina for the most part it seems has already made up their mind obviously a favorite of defensive coordinator Jay Bateman who is also the safety coach, so would be the position coach for Jake. Um, I think that the Tar Heels are in a really, really good spot, seeing as they're the team that's probably pushing the hardest out of this list while also being, you know, one of the um, higher-ranked teams in terms of the, um, you know, national perception of them at this time. So I have to go with True. I think that North Carolina is a very big uh, player in this recruitment Um I would not quite say favorite as of yet. I think that his recruitment is still um, a little bit in its infancy, but definitely has to be high on that list if not the favorite.
1: Yeah, I I would agree with you. I would say true. Um, When it comes to favorites, I mean, look – Whenever Alabama offers you, that that definitely carries some weight at this point. You mentioned that he took a self-guided tour there, so clearly that's one of the teams that he favors. One of the other teams that I've seen him closely tied to, um, a lot of their sites have written a, a lot of articles about him and everything like that. I think he has a pretty good relationship from what I've read in that with their secondaries coach, is Notre Dame. So those are the two that I would probably say right now are probably his favorites. Of course, Georgia in-state. Gonna have a lot more access to him. He's gonna have a lot more access to their campus uh, over the next couple of years. Uh, especially if this was to continue for a few more months, uh, the dead period, uh, it probably favors them a little bit more. But I do think that the Toriel's are a competitor here, and I think this is another recruitment that kind of shows how the Toriel's, even though this is considered in the footprint, which Mack Brown laid out uh, during the early signing period press conference a couple of months ago. This falls in that footprint. Carolina is starting to grow a pretty solid reputation throughout the country, and this is another recruitment that shows it. There are some really significant teams that are in this race right now. Um, This is a guy that I think once he gets to some of these camps and some of these other sites can see him, because I believe 24-7 Sports has him as a four-star, but he's listed as a composite three-star because some of the other sites aren't quite as high on him. When he gets to some of these camps, this guy will be a four-star prospect. I've seen him a couple of times, watched a couple of his games he is a pretty complete package at safety he really just has to put on you know a a little bit more muscle um, to be able to handle some of the more physical offensive linemen that he'll face whenever he plays in the box but other than that he's a pretty complete prospect and uh, for the Tar to be in this and I think being seriously considered is huge Um, like I mentioned though I think that uh, right now Alabama and Notre Dame are probably the two teams that hold a little bit of an advantage But I definitely think that the Tar Heels right now can be considered a serious contender. And there's still some time in this recruitment. I mean, look... I think that maybe he's definitely a little bit further along in his recruitment than a top 14. I know that's what he released the other day. I definitely feel like there's there's some teams that are standing out to him, and he's a guy that could narrow that list down further at any time. Could get close to a commitment, really, at any time. But I still feel like there is a little bit of time left and that the Tar Heels, if they can get him on campus when things open back up, that could be really huge for them. But yeah, I agree with you. I do think uh, that he is a uh, that the Tar Heels are a serious competitor for him. How about one at the position that we were talking about a little bit earlier? I think mainly when you look at the edge rusher position, there is another guy in state that the Tar Heels have yet to offer, but that people are really high on. The recruiting rankings are really high on. Uh, So far, NC State off to a good start with him. A couple other out-of-state schools off to a good start with him. Torrin Wright is a guy that a lot of people, I think, are kind of wondering if he'll end up getting an offer. But my thing here, my my statement here that I want you to answer is the Torrios will add another edge rusher in this class to go along with Malachi Hamrick.
0: Um, with that question, I would say true, uh, definitely true. I mean, you, you have sort of um, these fifth year seniors that you have on the roster in um, Taman Fox and uh, Tyrone Hopper, but I think that they definitely want to you know add some guys along along with them um, to add some depth there. I think this is a position that they want to continue to recruit at, want to stack talent on talent. Um, it's really one of, you know, two to three um, defensive positions that when you look at just overall team construction or the NFL draft, there's really three main defensive positions um, that they are looking at as being sort of more important than all the rest. I'd um, be cover corner, probably interior pass rush, and then edge rusher. So, you know, with it being such an important piece within any defense that you have, I think that they definitely will add another one. Um, obviously, some more names to mention there as well. Um, I think that's one of the main reasons that they'll add one, is there's still quite a few names um, outside of um, the one that they haven't offered quite yet in Toronto White, but I mean, you look at other linebackers within their footprint, you mentioned a guy like Xavier Simmons has that potential to play edge rusher inside or outside linebacker um, as well as Albert Redd, another um, Tar Heel State native, and then some guys from sort of outside the state in a Virginian, uh, Bryson Jennings, and then um, a prospect from Georgia in Joshua Joseph. So still quite a number of guys on the board. So I think, I think yes, uh, true, they do add at least one additional outside linebacker. I'm not going to go so far as to say three as of yet, but I definitely think that they take two in the 2022 class?
1: Yeah, I I would say, um, as of right now, true. I don't know exactly who it's going to be, but I think that the later that they get into the class, the more guys that commit, this statement could end up changing to false. I think that it's an area that they would like to add another guy at if they have the room for him. But this is going to probably be another smaller class because you're not going to have as many seniors that are going to leave. I mean, still, you're going to have a pretty decent-sized senior class. But the extra year of eligibility did throw a little bit of a loop into this class and probably means that they are going to take on another smaller class. Last year. So I think that is going to play a role here, but I would go with true as of right now. I do think that at some point torn, Wright will probably get an offer here from the Tar Heels. Um, uh, I like you mentioned Joshua Josephs. That's probably a guy that a lot of people don't know about already played, uh, his junior year of, uh, high school football at North Cobb high school in Kennesaw, Georgia, uh, a guy that'll probably start to move up some of those boards as they start to see him a little bit more, um, Bryson Jennings, yeah, he's a little bit of a mystery out of the state of Virginia. Uh, one of those guys that I think is a pretty highly rated prospect that nobody really talks about. He's a four star prospect inside of that top 500 that we've been mentioning a lot over the past uh, few months, and is definitely a guy that I think the Tar Heels, with their success in the state of Virginia, could have a chance with if they turn up the heat a little bit. And also another one that you didn't mention there, but that we've seen sort of res- at least r- respond to some of the stuff on social media, usually post whenever the Tar Heels send out graphics and stuff to them, is Dante Anderson from the state of Florida. Now again, he's right in Miami's backyard, so that's going to be an extremely tough one to, for the Tar Heels to navigate there. Miami already with an early crystal ball prediction, although the confidence on that one is a little bit low. Uh, you still feel like that is one that's going to be a little bit tough for Carolina to go in and get, but um, it, it feels like that's an area where the Tar Heels have... Uh, You know, seen some pretty decent success. And if they want to go get somebody else, including potentially a bigger name, they would have a chance to land one in this class. So, yeah, I'm going to go with True as well on that one. Um, And then our final question that we'll uh, talk about here. You know, I asked if they'll land another outside linebacker uh, in this class. How about another position where they don't have a commit just yet, but they did see one of their biggest targets go off the board the other day. The Tar will land a quarterback in the 2022 class. Do you think that statement is true or false?
0: I think that is true. Just with the state of college football as it stands now, um, with the expansion of the transfer portal as well as You know, potentially upcoming one-time transfer rules being enacted in college football. Um, The sort of the concept of transferring within college football is going to explode over the next few years. And it's basically already been that way for quarterbacks. Uh, We've seen quarterbacks, you know, transfer all over the country for the past three or four years. And they've basically all been eligible to play immediately. So there's really not any barrier um, outside playing time for a guy to, you know, if he's not playing, if he doesn't like his position on the depth chart, to up and go somewhere else. So, pretty much every program, especially those that are trying to compete at a high level, that are trying to compete for conference titles and national championships, um, want to stack talent on talent if available, or at least get. Guys have bodies in that room. So, yes, I do think that North Carolina will likely get a quarterback um, within the 2022 class. Like you mentioned, did have one of their top targets in four star out of Texas, Cade Kublik committed to Clemson after Clemson's number one target, uh, Ty Simpson, committed to Alabama. Uh, sort of that's how those dominoes went. But you look at another guy that North Carolina has on the board. In um, Braden Locke, three-star, also out of the state of Texas, they're very much in that one, um, battling Miami there right now. But uh, Miami's trending for some other uh, quarterback targets, including a four-star out of Georgia named Curry Brown. So, you know, with that, I think that they already have um, Braden as sort of one of their primary targets there at the position. But I imagine that they will continue to. Um, evaluate and scout. Might see some additional offers go out just to make sure that they have some options there. But if I had to guess, it's probably more likely than not that they sign a quarterback in the 2022 class.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm uh, I'm I'm gonna go false here. Uh, I'm gonna be honest. I think um, you know, you look at Locke. That's probably the only guy that you would be. Confident that the Tar Heels have any shot with uh, at this point. And part of that is because everybody else that they've offered so far in the class is committed. Now, look, Ty Simpson was a bit of a pipe dream. Kay Klubnik was even a bit of a pipe dream. Uh, But, you know, Klubnik, I thought that was something that might have been pretty revealing in terms of if they do go out and try to spread some offers around, they may do it nationally because if you're just looking in the state of North Carolina, This is a very quiet year for the state of North Carolina. Now, next year is a little bit different, and I think that is also playing into why they may not get a quarterback in this class because next year you've got a couple of guys in the state that are going to be big-time names like... Tad Hudson, I think that's the one that jumps off the page the most to people, uh, mainly because he already has a Tar Heel offer. But there are some other guys uh, in the state of North Carolina, at quarterback in that class, that I think are going to become some pretty significant names uh, as we go down the stretch. The main one being Aleem Appler, who plays at New Hanover High School uh, out on the coast, uh, and and is an extremely talented quarterback in his own right. That has already heard from some of the bigger uh, teams around. The entire country, so um, I, I definitely think that the Toreros are going to continue to pursue a quarterback. I think as of right now, if they are going to get one, lock uh, looks like one that they do have a fighting chance with if they want them. Um, but I would say I, I, I'm going to say false right now. I think that the 2023 class is the next time that we'll see them land a quarterback. The good news is is that as of right now, the Toreros seem to be in a pretty good spot at that position, with of course Sam Howell coming back now. Next year, and uh, the fact that you do have uh, Drake May behind him, as well as Jacoby Criswell, who I think you know a lot of people are kind of counting out. A lot of people think he may even look to transfer if he ends up losing that backup job to Drake May. Well, Drake May is an extremely talented quarterback, but so is Jacoby Criswell. Remember that when Jacoby Criswell was coming out of high school um, in Carrollton, Arkansas. He was, uh, or Moralton, Arkansas, excuse me, uh, he was compared to Sam Howell. That was the comparison uh, that was given to him by 24-7 Sports. And there were people that thought that he actually fit this offense even better than Sam Howell did. So don't count him out just yet. And if he ends up staying, that means the Tarios would have three quarterbacks already on the roster. So I, I, I think... 2022 might be a class where they don't take a quarterback, but I don't think it should be something to worry about. So that wraps it up for uh, this edition of the podcast. We'll close it down, though, with the 40-yard dash, which uh, will give you uh, a couple of headlines around the Tario program. It's time to take a look at some of the latest storylines around Tar Heel football with the 40-yard dash. And so with the 40-yard dash, uh, there are a couple of interesting headlines. Again, it's been relatively silent over the last couple of weeks, but um, you know, going away from uh, the... From the recruiting for just a second, the Tar Heels, uh, of course, have five guys that are pursuing NFL careers, and uh, they're, they're right now in a pretty good spot with all of that as all five guys received uh, NFL draft combine invites. Now, of course, the combine this year not going to go off. Mainly, the reason that they receive the invites is they're going to be, you know, a better chance to be recognized by scouts when they go through their pro day because, um, you know, they, they will know that uh, this will basically be the only time they'll get a look at them, as opposed to the normal combine. You go to Indianapolis, everybody's there. A lot of the scouts are there, so they get to see you then. If they really don't want to see you again on a pro day. They don't have to. Um, And the other reason why this is big is because there is a chance that later on, uh, they're looking probably sometime around April right before the draft, they will allow some of these teams to bring some of these guys to Indianapolis and interview these guys. It may not be all of the guys. So a guy like Daz Newsome, who's considered a late rounder, might not be one of those guys that goes. But some of the other guys like Javante Williams, Michael Carter, some of the ones that are seen in potential second rounders or third rounders uh, will probably get to interview with some of the teams that's what will be the big boost there for them so congratulations to all five of the Tar Heel prospects Javante Williams Michael Carter Chaz Surratt uh, Daz Newsom, and Deami Brown for all receiving combine invites Uh, this year's early enrollees they received their numbers last Tuesday Um, some interesting ones that were handed out Um, I was wondering i Whether or not, because the uh, number was available on the offensive side of the football, whether Caleb Hood would potentially take his dad's old number. Of course, Errol Hood, the former cornerback who wore 29. He will not. Instead, he will wear number 4, which was vacated this offseason, of course, by Toe Groves after he transferred. Drake May, he will not wear his dad's number either. Instead, he will go uh, with number 10. Ty Chandler, the Tennessee transfer, uh, he wore 8 at Tennessee. That number is going to be Kobe Pace hours though so he's going to go with number 19 which was the number that he was wearing in uh, the edit that was put out of him earlier in the offseason when he committed to Carolina Uh, as well as some guys on the defensive side of the football one thing that's interesting uh, for the defensive linemen both of the guys that early enrolled will be wearing single digit numbers so you got Javari Ritzy who's coming in he's going to wear the number 5. Keyshawn Silver will wear number 6 and then uh, some of the other guys Uh, that we hadn't mentioned just yet. Gavin Blackwell, he'll take over De'Ami Brown's number two. J.J. Jones takes over Daz Newsom's number five. And, uh, of course, uh, ra Rod Dilworth, we thought maybe uh, he would be able to potentially get his number eight, maybe from Kadri Jackson. That's not going to happen. He's going to go with number 11 uh, for this season. Uh, De'Andre Boynkins, aware number 24. Power Echols, number 23. Dontavius Nash, number 21. And Diego Pounds keeps his high school number number Uh, 61. So uh, a couple other uh, key notes getting back onto the recruiting trail. One of the guys that we didn't talk about, or actually two of the guys we didn't talk about, we'll go uh, with the two uh, offensive tackles that narrowed down their list earlier this week. Uh, Start with 2022 four-star offensive tackle out of the state of Georgia. Kayshawn Sapp released his final eight schools. That's been a recruitment that's moved along extremely quickly uh, over the past couple of months. He really took off after his junior year uh, in the state of Georgia and uh, he already it looks like he's getting towards the late stages of his recruitment. The Tar Heels are one of those eight teams in there but uh, I'm not really sure where the Tar Heels are at in this recruitment. This feels like one that we just don't have a ton of information on because of how quickly he's moved during this time um, and you know he's a guy that's probably just going to narrow his list down get himself to an area where he can take some some visits when things open back up, hopefully uh, after May 31st, which is when the deadline is extended to uh, right now. But uh, we'll just have to wait and see on that one. He wasn't the only offensive tackle target that the Tar Heels uh, were able to make a final list or Final 15 released by 2022 four-star offensive tackle Dean Shore uh, on the same night earlier this week on Sunday. Uh, of course, he played uh, in Alpharetta, Georgia for the first three years of his high school career, transferring to IMG Academy for his final year. So, wonder if that'll kind of hurt the Toriels a little bit because he'll be on a national stage with a team that travels the country all over. IMG is an area that the Tar Heels, uh even though they have uh, you know been in the running for some guys that have gone there before, they've never actually been able to land a prospect that has played at IMG Academy. So it'll be interesting to note his. Recruitment over the next couple of months again top 15 so he's not really too far along in his recruitment but good to see uh, that the Tar Heels are in the running at a position where they are looking as if they are going to probably take multiple guys uh, at offensive tackle even if they get Zach Rice so uh, definitely something to monitor there uh, on those fronts Uh, and of course we'll end it with our last storyline this one not really more of that much of a storyline but just really in case you didn't know Tutorial's creeping up on spring ball it is set to start on March 23rd that is 19 days away from the start of recording and uh, I'll lead you, I'll, I'll lead into uh, talking about the website with that. That means that we are going to start our coverage for spring ball, so we're going to have plenty of great stuff on the website for you guys, a lot of great opinionated articles. Um, we'll tell you, of course, about some of the best battles to watch when spring ball kicks off, uh, some of the guys that we uh, expect could have some uh, a breakout spring, could make a big-time impact, all that kind of stuff, your top your, your top headlines heading in, all that kind of stuff will be on the website at HeelToughBlog.com. Of course, we'll be keeping you updated on the recruiting trail as well, everything NFL. Draft uh, when it's related to the former Tar Heels, and then we will also have you covered um, as we uh, you know start to creep back towards the start of the regular season as they go throughout the summer and everything like that. Um, also on the website, uh, you got uh, basketball coverage as of right now. The Tar Heels, uh, you know, still in the tournament. Uh, they do play Duke this weekend. Some great coverage that we'll have on the website for that. So make sure you guys check that out. Uh, we'll have you covered wide to wire with that. Josh is going to write uh, the preview for that one. I believe Sarah Wiley still uh, on her vacation to Colorado. Hope she's enjoying that. So Josh is going to be taking you through. Uh, I, I, not sure if she'll be back for the ACC tournament, but if not, he'll be taking you through that too. But he's definitely got you covered for the Duke game uh, with the preview. He'll have the recap as well. A uh, whole bunch of reaction from that game before, of course, the Tar Heels head to uh, Greensboro to try to keep themselves in the NCAA tournament and avoid missing the NCAA tournament officially for the first time since 2010. And then, of course, we've got you covered on the baseball side of things as well. Weekly recaps each week of how the Tar Heels are doing. And, boy, they're off to a fantastic start on the diamond. Uh, so far, 6-1 on the season, the only loss coming uh, in that final game uh, of uh, the this past week series with Virginia. But two out of three against one of the nation's top teams. one of the ACC preseason favorites. So we'll have you covered on that front as well as that exciting young team continues their journey throughout the season. Of course, for the podcast, make sure that you guys rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. Uh, And if you're watching this uh, on Facebook, make sure that you uh, like and follow the Facebook page. That's also a way to be able to check out all the articles. It'll all be in one place. Article, podcast, all that stuff will be on the Facebook feed as well. So, that does it for this edition of the podcast. Want to thank Zach for hosting with me. Want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels!